One touch up top for Hutton. Looks right, passes left. Stevenson, down low for Stone, a slam dunk, he scores! Howard Plagueholm, Mark Stone, his 10th of the year, gives Vegas a 1-0 lead. Just four minutes into the game. The Knights strike first for the 20th time in 30 games this season, an NHL best. Out in front, a kick save, rebound, it's blocked by White Cloud. Pasternak had the rebound tried from the left wing circle. Vegas clears the length of the ice. Intercepts it in the right corner, swings it to the near corner. Pasternak whips it out. It's a chance all alone. Straight in, Marchand stops. Thompson spinning to his right makes the save. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. Lindsay in for Ed today. Danny is running the board in place of Jared. If you missed the start of the show, I'll tell you the same thing that I did then. I took my dog to the vet last night because he has an eye ulcer, and I had the best night of the three people that were supposed to be on this show, Jared, Ed, and myself. Uh, so hopefully uh, Ed will be back tomorrow, and hopefully Jared oh, will be back. thought I was doing okay. In the future. Get the hell out of here, Lindley. Yeah, I just, you know. Unbelievable. It's gotta be me or Ed. That's right. Ed Vod. You guys can fight to the Miss death. You, Ed. Is that the plan here? You Maybe. Want, you want to fight Ed? Pool noodle fight? But here, no, I'm excited you're here because yesterday we had you on and I we didn't have enough time. I blame the phones or Jared or somebody, but we didn't have enough time mm -hmm. for me to give you my whole Phil Kessel solution. It's like so the universe drew it up for us. You and I have been um, arguing about what to do with Phil Kessel. Largely, I think he should, you know, not be playing. Um, would probably be better for the Golden Knights overall. But I have decided. Oh. Um, it is illegal to scratch Phil Kessel. Like it's against the law or something like that. Uh, it's not going to happen. So I've decided not now I've decided I need to come up with a Yeah, you're, you're right. They've got enough injuries that he might be playing defenseman pretty soon, oh, but God. I've decided to come up with a new solution okay. for what to do with Phil Kessel. Uh, Ed has already heard this new solution. So, um, some of the listeners will have as well, but because Phil Kessel, it's against the law to actually healthy scratch him. Mm -hmm. Here's my general plan when they're healthy, right? That's a, that's a key point here. Okay. Instead of viewing the top six as two lines of three, they should be basically pairing off two of those players from the top six. So what so I mean by that is what, well, no, what we're seeing right now, because Jack Eichel's out, Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson are playing together with Paul Cotter. Right? Yes, And in, in my mind, you, there's some numbers to back this up here. Phil Kessel this year, the players that he has played the best with, you can go by expected goals, you can go by Corsi, you can go by actual goals. The players that he's played the best with, the only ones that he has above 50% in those numbers are Riley Smith and William Carlson. Oh boy. He's got terrible numbers with Paul Cotter, with Michael Amadio, uh, and who am I blanking on? Everybody, Nick Wall, everybody that's been on that third line with him, he's got terrible numbers with. But with Riley Smith, he's actually got some decent numbers. Carlson, it's a pretty small sample size. It's like 20-something minutes. Sure. But he's got good because numbers the, there. Because Carlson and well. Riley Smith are kind of the with right. each other. So, yes. Cotter, Stevenson, and Stone mm -hmm. is one line we're working with. Another line we're, that I would be trying to put together would be Smith, Carlson, and Kessel. And so Smith and Carlson are the two that are grouped together. Stone and Stevenson are grouped together. And then you have Jonathan Marchessault and Jack Eichel. 
and those two get paired together, and they play with Nick Wall. It could be William Carey if you wanted to. You can stub mm. it out there. But basically, if it becomes a problem... Carey would be kind of fun. Yeah. If it becomes a problem where the Golden Knights look at this and say... We're not getting anything out of our third line, and we need to start getting something out of that line. You have to redistribute the talent where it's just not in the top two lines. And to me, pair off two players from each of those top two lines to give you the base of each of your top three lines. Mm -hmm. And then you're basically asking, all right, Stone and Stevenson, you guys are good enough that we're going to give you Paul Cotter. We know Paul Cotter's not like a star, but you guys are good enough that you're going to elevate him. Same for Carlson and Smith with... Phil Kessel, same for Marcia so and Eichel with Carrier or Waugh, whoever it is. Basically, you're saying, you two are good. You're not going to have a superstar as your other line mate. You're going to have Cotter, Waugh, Kessel, Carrier. Make them better. So what you're saying is that Phil Kessel is so bothersome to you. He's bothersome to is Cassidy. Is that you're willing to break up the most consistent yes. line yes. that this organization has ever known. Correct. You're willing to tear pieces of the security blanket away from each other in order to elevate Phil Kessel, who you have identified as the main anchor of the third line. Correct. Absolutely. Because as I started this segment with, it's illegal to healthy scratch him, which would be my actual right. plan. That, that's if it was actually but does, my plan. Does Phil out. Kessel's lack of production hurt you more than it would you breaking up the best line on this team, the most consistent line on this team, the shutdown line on this Shut team. Shutdown line. Because it's not always about production. It's not always expected goals. It's about goals against. It's about getting well, back. It's about shutting down the the uh, Connor McDavid's of this team. And I don't know if that line is the same if you break up Marshy, Carlson, and Smith. I would like to think um, Eichel, Marcheseau, and let's say Nick Waugh. Could do that job. Or Stevenson. I'd be scared. Stone and Cotter. Whoever whoever is in there. I would like to think that we this this lineup would have enough depth that you're not relying on <sighs> uh, one line has to shut down. I don't down know if they do though, because I think like Paul Cotter is a very low grade catalyst for this team. Like if he's low grade, Jack Eichel's high yeah. grade catalyst because he just makes everybody around him better. And Cotter can get things going with his energy. He can score goals as I talked about last week or whatever it was about having a scorer's eye rather than a scorer's touch. And it, it, and he's not a bad shooter either, but in terms of what this line is, what, what the top line is, if we're not going, you know, top six or just going to your, your Mark stone and your Sandler Stevenson, like those two guys have always skated really well with one another, but they haven't always been a scoring line. When Max Pacioretty was no problem. When Jack Eichel's there, no problem. Right. Well, there's a problem for a lot of people. And that's where it's which pieces fit together and and which sacrifices are you willing to make in hopes of getting another level out of somebody. And that somebody that you've identified as Phil Kessel. I don't know if Phil Kessel is the guy that I want setting up for, you know, every avenue of success possible. Like I would rather make those concessions for Marcia so. I would rather make those concessions for Nick Waugh because they simply do more for you as a player. And I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but at the ultimately 
what what confuses me about your obsession with Phil is that he's just like <laughs> one part of the team and everybody's one part of the team but he's he's a, he's an ancillary option he's a power play specialist he's a locker room guy so if he's not going it's not the end of the world the reason why the golden knights are losing is not because Phil Kessel's not scoring it's because William Carlson's not scoring right now that was very present and evident throughout the entire beginning of the season same with Sa- Chandler Stevenson his scoring hasn't been there since Jack Eichel has been out of the line you having some of these guys that were bringing in that production that aren't right now. Phil Kessel was never the guy that was like, yep, every time he steps on the ice, we expect big things from him. Every goal that he scores, it's like, yes, icing on the cake. This is a this is a silver lining for us. And so that's why I'm, I'm very apprehensive to disrupt everything when they're healthy to insulate Phil Kessel. Because Phil Kessel might be part of the problem, but he's also a pretty big part of the solution. You're just trying to find the better two pieces that work out for him. And honestly, like, Brett Howden, before he got hurt, was struggling this year as well. Like, I would expect more offensively in some ways out of Brett Howden, maybe not in terms of scoring goals, but in terms of I need to notice him on the forecheck doing things. I need to notice him creating positive plays for this team. I don't always expect that from Phil Kessel. So a couple things. Uh, Cotter, Amadio, Wah. Blanking on somebody else, but the four guys that have mainly played on the third line yep. with Phil Kessel, every single one of them has good analytical numbers when they don't play with Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. So the easy solution is my mind is you healthy scratch Phil Kessel and the problem might solve itself. Your third line might be more playable, but again, that's against the law. Nobody's allowed to do that. Apparently somebody's got to be fourth place. Okay. <laughs> somebody's got to be a loser. It's not so, oh, no, all our problems are solved. We took them out of the lineup. We should be winning six, nothing every night. What we're seeing though, on a regular basis is Bruce Cassidy does not play Phil Kessel in the third period. Mm-hmm. If it's a close game, Phil Kessel is usually one of the top guys. Sometimes the only one that get just gets benched. He'll get mm-hmm. like one or two shifts in the third period. And here's sort of my, concern with that it's December. We're not into the playoffs yet. Uh, Mark stone and Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel before his injury, uh, all top 15 in the league in minutes played among forwards this year. Yep. Bruce Cassidy is going to run the team in the ground. They are going to be worn down and be dead by the time the playoffs get here because what happens, the third line doesn't play. Yeah. They are playing the top two, the top six, just nonstop in the third period. That's got to be broken up. And in my mind, you distri- distribute the talent a little bit more evenly. You play the lines a little bit more evenly. And here's the thing. If you get in the third final 10 minutes and it's a one goal game, you can go back to the misfit line. You can go back to Eichel, Stone, and Stevenson. You're allowed to change the lines in the game. You can go back to that in big moments. And in matchups, too, if you take on the Oilers and you're like, oh, we, can't aff- we-, we don't think anybody can stop them unless we put the misfits back together or whatever, that's fine. You can do it for individual games. I mm-hmm. just think... It's December, and we're going to get to the end of the year, and these guys are going to be done. They are going to be done because... That's a fair argument. The third line doesn't play. They, they Bruce Cassidy does not trust them, and I think that's an issue that they need to guard against now because if they continue this way, it's going to be a problem. Now, Jack Eichel's out at the moment, so you're kind of... Well, and, and, and Phil Kessel anyway. was not brought in to be the catch-all for we need a, a minute muncher here, too. And so... Everybody's going to have to step up and play a different role and and find ways to make their impact on their game to make sure that this team can get into the positive direction that they have been going. Otherwise, they'll go through a slump. But it's not all Phil Kessel's fault. He's not fault. he's not the X factor that if you just take this thing What's out. What's the that opposite it's, of an X factor? Because that's him. I don't know. I'm not a math person. <laughs> so my here's my one of my a other great factor. hockey hot takes. 
Um, we see it in basketball a lot. Load mm-hmm. management guys just take games off. Baseball, obviously, guys get days off just for rest because they day, play call 162 games. But they don't do it for games. No. Guys don't miss games. No. That's the other thing that I know it's not just going to start happening. It's not. But hockey needs it. Hockey needs, like, some team, some players to be like, I do not have to play every single game. We are going to make the playoffs even if Mark Stone misses 10 games. Well, then if it's later on in the season, then some guys will be like, they all right, now. but it's like pulling teeth. Now. But it's part yeah. of the culture. It's part I of know, the culture. It's got to change. It's a stupid thing. It won't. Every other sport, except football, because they only play 17. Every other sport does it. Every sport that has a long season does it. At some point, it's going to happen in hockey. At the only way point. that this happens is that if somebody gets hit in the face with a puck during the game <laughs> and they don't come back, and that becomes the standard rule. Because that's it. They're like they're willing to do whatever to not miss a shift, and so that just but, carries over in terms of can I walk? Can we get the skate on my foot? Even if my foot's broken, as long as it's in the skate, it's not going to start swelling up super bad. Martinez did. He's I know exactly, and so that's that's hockey. It's but that's like it's a sickness. If if it is a hell of a and I don't dream. know if Cassidy would identify it as a problem, but Stone and Stevenson and Eichel playing so many minutes. If you were to identify that as a problem. One solution is to play them less and distribute the talent more evenly. Another solution is keep the lines exactly the same, but just give them regular days off, and then their minutes aren't there. Another they solution do it with goalies. is it's also to happen more with goalies. scoring more goals in the first and second period, or you know, outside of the first period, so you're not chasing and having to shorten your bench. That's, that's probably what Bruce would say. We just like we just got to play better, and then we won't put ourselves in this situation. I mean, he'd view a four-two lead and be like, "Oh, we can't put anybody." A two-goal lead is most dangerous lead in hockey. <laughs> Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Reese. But first, we got tickets to give away. If you want to go see the Golden Knights take on the St. Louis Blues on Friday, December 23rd, right before Christmas Eve, you could win them right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Be caller number 10 at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see the Golden Knights and Blues. Bischoff's briefs. So I, uh, I figured it out. My hot dogs come in packages of 10 and hot dog buns come in packages of 8. Bischoff's briefs. See, the thing is that life doesn't always work out according to plan. Bischoff's briefs. So be happy with what you got. So you can always get a hot dog. Bischoff's briefs. Coming up. We will have tickets to the Las Vegas Bowl. Congratulations to Brian. He won tickets to go see the Golden Knights take on the St. Louis Blues later this month. All right, Bischoff's Briefs. Got a little bit of college basketball for you. First off, this happened over the weekend. Cincinnati's head coach, Wes Miller, took an intentional technical foul in their loss to Xavier. So here's the scenario. Tie game. Xavier drives to the basket. Guy gets fouled with 1.4 seconds left. Uh, guy for Xavier made the first free throw. So Xavier's up by one point with 1.4 seconds left. Xavier calls a timeout. And during that timeout, Xavier's head coach told his player to intentionally miss the second free throw because they're up by one and there's 1.4 seconds left. Cincinnati would then have to catch the rebound, basically chuck it baseball football style at the basket. Well, Wes Miller, who's the head coach of Cincinnati, didn't want the plan be for his team to catch it and chuck it. Right. And that be the only chance. So he actually asked the referees during the timeout. If I get called for a technical foul, do we get the ball back? And so what Wes Miller did, he did not have any timeouts left. 
when Xavier missed the second free throw and his guy got the rebound, he called a timeout that he did not have. That's a technical foul, which means Xavier got to shoot two more free throws and they made both of them. So a one point lead turned into a three point lead, but Cincinnati then got to inbound the ball, which allows you to throw it the length of the court without the time starting time doesn't start until it hits a player inbounds. So they could then throw the ball the length of the court and try to catch and shoot from there. They did not convert, right? It's very hard to score with 1.4 seconds left. They didn't convert, but I absolutely love the idea of let's take an intentional technical foul because it's going to give my team a better chance to, in that case, tie the game, not win the game, but it's going to give my team a better chance to tie this game and get it to overtime. Whereas otherwise we're shooting it from our own under our own basket, basically trying to win the game. So Chris Webb walked so Cincinnati could weaponize. Kind of, yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Hmm. Uh, so I love that. Pretty smart coaching, it to be is. honest. It, especially, very aware. Especially in the moment. And here's the thing. He talks about it afterwards. It didn't sound like this was pre-planned. No. Like, this sound like it hit him in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what if I do It's in the creative this? sauce. Right. And so that is, like, a lot of times coaching is simply just preparing for a moment that happens in a game. So you already know this is what I'm going to do when this yeah. happens. But to be able to, at least I think so, Eureka, come up like, with oh, that on the fly. If I is, do this, is this possible then? And the whole yeah. calculus changes. Excellent. I love when coaches do things that are out of the box. By the way, in the NBA, I believe the other team would get the ball in that scenario. If you get called for a technical in the NBA, the so other team gets the ball. They for that. Right. So you can't do this in the NBA. So this is why the NBA is no fun anymore, guys. Yeah. So uh, college will probably change the rule at some point because. Right. Why now, would you, now there's a road that right. people will Why try would to take you advantage encourage of. teams to take technicals? Sure. However, Cincinnati still didn't score. It, it, Cincinnati's chances of scoring in either scenario, it's like 0.1 sure. to like 0.2%. But I still want my coach doing that if it gives Absolutely. me just a slightly better Any sort of edge you could find yeah. so legally. Like Big fan of that. Um so, yeah, West Miller. Well, Texas is probably looking for a coach, so maybe they'll uh, go to Cincy. I don't even know if Cincinnati's good this year, but good job by West Miller there. Now, I'm going to yell at you about net rankings. Oh, yes. You are not uh, big into college basketball. Do you know what net rankings are? <gasps> no. All right. So, the NCAA uh, selection committee a few years ago put out uh, a new set of rankings called net rankings because they used to use the RPI. RPI wasn't very good. Net rankings we'll see over time. If Great they college, though. Um, so, Net rankings, it's just a way to rank all the teams and try to give the selection committee a good tool as to how good each team is. So far this season, if you look at UNLV's non-conference schedule, not good at all. As it stands right now, uh, they break the teams down into quad one and quad two, quad three and quad four to try to give you a good idea of how many good teams everybody's played. UNLV has zero quad one games so far. They're 10 and 0. They do have two quad two wins on the season. They Southern Miss actually is technically a quad one team at the moment. So they do have one more good opponent on the non-conference schedule, but Southern Miss will probably fall there. But here's the good news for UNLV. The Mountain West, incredible net ranking so far. Okay. Utah State is 12th. New oh. Mexico is 25th. UNLV is 35th. Wait, how many? 35th. Wait, which one? UNLV. Yeah, what, 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 what rank are they? Oh, Jesus. I didn't even pick up ah! on that. A terrible number. This is how I get into people's brains. Boise State's 41st. Nevada's 49th. San Diego State, who's probably the best team in the Mountain West still, is 53rd in net. Colorado State comes in at 104. Even San Jose State, who is usually one of the worst teams in the country, 
is 133rd in net ranking. Now, it is December 13th. Net rankings are going to change a lot between now and the end of the season. Net rankings take into account who you play, your strength of schedule effectively, and you know half your a college basketball team half their schedule is against their conference, mm-hmm. and nobody's really played a conference game. So no. net rankings are going to change quite a bit. But as of right now, there are six top fifty teams in the Mountain West, and then San Diego State is very close to being the seventh. And what that means is if these rankings did stay the same or just anywhere close to where they are, UNLV in Mountain West play would get five quad one games and four quad two games. That means half of their conference games are quad one or quad two. Normally in the Mountain West, you're lucky to get one quad one game and like three or four quad two games. So normally in the Mountain West, you're looking at four, maybe five quad one or quad two games. They might get nine at the end of this schedule, which is going to help UNLV so much because their conference schedule is not very good. Their conference schedule sucks. The quality wins in their non, or excuse me, non-conference. I was, was going to say. The quality wins in the non-conference don't exist, right? When we get to the end of the season, they're probably not going to have... that big win against Dayton. And Dayton fell off the Minnesota. face of the earth. Right. Minnesota's terrible, by But the that's, way. that's great because from what I've heard when you've talked about UNLV as the season started is like, well, they might go undefeated at, for the first time ever, but their schedule is so weak. Like, what's their tournament right. hopes going to be like? But it turns out that the conference is pretty good, and so actually it's just kind of a backdoor of legitimacy. Right. If, again... The, the things are going to change. I highly doubt Utah State finishes the year 12th in the country. New Mexico's probably not 25th. But if they can, if the Mountain West can keep seven teams in or near the top 50, and if they can mm. get one or two teams in the top 25 like they have right now, UNLV's schedule is actually going to look okay. Now, they have to win those games, right? Sure. You can't just, you can't, it's not good if you lose them all, but hey, look at how good they were. You need to win some of those, which I think they will. I don't think they're going to just lose to all the good Mountain West teams, but if they can win some of those, there should be enough quality games there that it sort of makes up for the non-conference schedule being weak. Ed went to San Diego State, right? Correct. So like spiritually, he's kind of here with us because you know what the reciprocal opposite of 35 is? 53, which happens to be their ranking. So I'm just saying, you're here with us in spirit, Ed. We miss you. 35 is not even a good number. It's the best number. It's perfectly round. It's not directly in the middle. Oh, it's just, it's sexy. How, I'll say it. I thought like 10, 20, 10's a good number. 20's not numbers. great. I don't even know how she's saying 35. Well, there's, there's, is round. there's round numbers and then there's numbers that like it's symmetrical. So, like five, you have four numbers on the right side and the left side of it because you have 36, 37, 38, 39, and 40. And then on the left side of it, you have 34, 33, 32, 31. So, it's in the middle. Okay. Well, what about 30? Doesn't that throw it's off too the round. symmetry? It's too round. There's, there's 10 numbers in a set. Yeah. So, they're. Yeah, but you there don't want to. There can't be symmetry. It's too on the nose. No, no, I'm saying you, you're trying to promote 35 by saying there's exactly four numbers ahead of it and below it. Well, it's just it. in the middle between 30 but you're, and 40. You're just ignoring 30. Well, I'm not ignoring it. It's yeah. just, it's there. You counted 31. I'm not, 32, I've never said my strength is counting. I'm simply saying that and it's then in 36, the middle. 36, 37, 38, I know 39. that it's in the middle. Com- it's not, though. You completely ignored 30. By your count. <laughs> <laughs> It's the best number. It's it's just, it's one that isn't obvious. 
it's one that a lot of brawlers wear. It's becoming very popular, very fashionable, and hot in the hockey world right now. And so I'm just I'm glad I'm one of the precursors. So then, would you say 35 is on the same level as? 25 no 25 15, is is vastly inferior vastly no but by the, your lack of counting 50, there's yeah symmetry. but like the number two is not nearly as good as the number three so like 25 can't be better than 35 because it's two and three so it's just yeah what about 55 that's a decent number i like 55 <laughs> 50 55 i like that one colasar is a solid that's a solid number i like it there's no rhyme or reason I can, no, I can not, you try to give us stuff, and you're like, the symmetry. <laughs> there is symmetry. It's in the middle. No. Five is in the middle. Symmetrical numbers are zero and eight. What? Because they're... Do you know what symmetry is? Yeah, it means it cut looks it the in same half. in the middle. Yes. Okay, yeah, if you're literally cutting it, I'm talking about like in the in the set in like The number ten. line, but yes. you're wrong because you forgot a number, and no. there can't be symmetry when there's ten numbers. Well, there... I mean, if you think about it, take off the tens. Exactly. But you nine. can't just eliminate the yeah, numbers. Yeah, you could just not think He's about that. just them. eliminating 30s and 40s. Yeah, I don't, really, not, I don't really like they, 30, they 40, 50, 60. Danny killed your mic. Wow. You deserve wow. that. We're wow. going to break. Kill I'm it anyways. Just, wow. Kill it anyway, Danny. I got to start things off right. After Justin Herbert's performance yesterday, sorry is not enough. So I have self-imposed three punishments that I must adhere to. Now, number one, though sorry is not enough, apology is necessary. The first thing, I will issue an apology immediately. This is immediately. Justin Herbert, was my bad. This one's on me. You dominated last night. You were throwing strikes. You were throwing darts. Shame on me for doubting you last night in the present tense. I am sorry, Justin Herbert. Chargers fans, your boy Acho, Taking this L like a man, standing in it. I'm sorry. Second thing I must do, self-imposed punishment. I will not engage in the Tua Herbert debate for the rest of the regular season. The debate is still out there, but I will not personally engage. I will refrain for the rest of the regular season. If they see themselves again in the playoffs, we can talk then. Number three, self-imposed punishment. I won't consider Sir Justin Herbert a social media quarterback until earliest week 18. I will not refer to Justin Herbert as a social media quarterback again until week 18 when you'll have the Denver Broncos in what could be a must-win game. Chargers fans, I'm sorry. You have my word. Y'all did show love in the stadium. I appreciate you. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Las Vegas Bull tickets coming up in a few minutes. The World Cup is back today. Argentina takes on Croatia in a World Cup semifinal tomorrow. Morocco and France. I will be out at Parkway Tavern in the district tomorrow for Morocco and France. Um, by the way, to give you a fun soccer stack, because I know it's your favorite sport. Um, Croatia, last World Cup. They lost to France in the final, but they won their first two knockout games in penalties and then beat England in a semi in extra time before losing in the final to France. This year, they've won their first two knockout games Mm. in penalties and now play Argentina in the semis. Uh, Somehow, Croatia is incapable of winning a soccer game in 90 minutes, but yet incapable of losing Right (laughs) in 120. I love soccer so much. It makes so much sense. It's a great sport. It's a phenomenal sport. It's art. It's a 
hockey but better basically i don't know uh, the boots with knives kind of brings its it own makes flavor it worse. no i think it's great it does We're a little bit faster i hate i hate soccer for the re- sole reason <laughs> it's the same sport as because hockey. well here's the thing it's most hockey player a lot of hockey players play soccer but we don't really like it because unlike on skates when we stop moving our feet we stop moving you're lazy i'm not lazy i'm Sounds just efficient like I hate running. Well, Sounds I got like lazy. side propellers for legs. I was in elementary school track and they kicked me out <laughs> because you got track? kicked out. I got kicked out because That's I was, allowed? I was tripping the people in the lanes next to me <laughs> on accident because my legs are side propellers when I run. Remember that overdevelopment I was talking about with the goalie body? Let me tell you, it is never more evident than when I'm running. How close are you running to these other yeah, kids? Yeah, how do your legs go? Have up that you far? seen the length of my legs? I don't have to be that close to you in proximity, but the le- they got some reach. They got some go-go gadgetry. That's how we were able to get across and get all those breakaways and just be an all-star. Did you get called for tripping penalties with your feet instead no, of your stick, my stick in hockey? I was mostly no. I would. Oh, so you I would, did it on purpose. Yeah, 100 percent. If okay. you're in my way, if you're trying to cut through right, right by the net front with the puck, I'm absolutely gonna go poke check the hell out of you. But you didn't accidentally trip people with long legs. No, I was a, I was a nicer person then. You just said you're intentionally tripping people. That was with later. Your stick. That was later. It was like when I was older in hockey, when I was in elementary school, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what people were making fun of me. Like at recess, I would hang on in the trees. Do either one of you care about Lionel Messi potentially winning his first World Cup? Slightly. Yeah. All right, I'll it's take good that. for the legacy, I'll take that right? As a resounding win. Why? Because we have an opinion on it. Well, you don't obviously don't care about soccer, and Danny I enjoy soccer. Danny likes to bet on it. I used to play. I played for like 15 years. All right. If not more. It is, uh, like like you said, the whole legacy thing. Mm-hmm. Across the entire world of sports, it might be the biggest legacy-defining game. If it gets settles the, the debate between him and Cristiano as well. well. I, and know. I know that that's word. really not a debate, but it does when it, when it comes to how we are like, how many the, championships do you have? The m- most toxic... Most entertaining, also most annoying Twitter arguments are Ronaldo and Messi. Mm. Like, yeah. like it's what? basically Jordan and it, but worse, but worse, so much worse because it's international. Yes, yeah. But do you think what's going on with Ronaldo now might diminish his legacy? Absolutely, it does. What the going fact to Saudi that, Arabia or losing? Well, or losing quitting on his team well, he's twice. Done that. It doesn't matter. The to fact that he was so great in Spain and then goes to the EPL and just completely falls apart. Now he's going to play in Saudi Arabia where he's going to average like nine goals a game. Do me a favor and look up where Ronaldo played before he went to Spain. I know where he played. Okay, it was what right before that was Italy, right? Or was well, th- before that? I know he played in the EPL. Right, and was great. It's yeah. phenomenal. This isn't a case. It's of, called getting old. Yes, he's thirty-seven. He's a. This isn't well, a matter of these he guys are prisoner of our league. of our generation, where you have like Roger Federer's and Tom Brady's playing into their forties and still being Danny, great. That's not I, the rule. I don't like you. I don't want to talk wow. about this anymore. Somehow, Why? at one point, I had to defend Mexico's soccer team because you had some outlandish take, <laughs> and now I'm defending Ronaldo because you have some outlandish <laughs> take. I don't like you. Can I don't we, like it. Can we get? Saudi Arabia to cancel that deal so that Ronaldo can come over to the MLS next year and we still have Messi and Ronaldo? I mean, I would absolutely love that, but they're offering him like $200 million a year. I don't think we're going to get Greg Norman has him locked up good. It's a golf joke. Yeah, live tour. Yeah. 
Oh, I know. Wanted to be included in this conversation. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> all summer, I was giving them live tour updates. Throughout Were the you inter- really? Oh, yeah. I was following it. Oh, it's so dramatic. Dustin Johnson, MVP of the Good for him. Season. You beat 10 guys. You can talk about golf and sports betting. But stop making me defend the people I don't like in soccer. I don't <laughs> understand fantastic. how this keeps happening. That's now what... you know how I feel with Phil Kessel, except I like him. He's okay. But exactly. I, I didn't like expect him, this see? to be the, the main thing. It's fantastic. And I can't wait to make you defend a Yankee or something. Oh. No, nah, I'm fine with baseball. That's fine. You'll defend anyone? Well, not anybody, but that's fine. But what, I don't know how you've other... gotten me to. I, I don't know how you've gotten me to defend. I don't know. You'll probably do it. You'll probably say something outlandish. And I'll oh, yeah. Like, What's wrong? Your with team's going to suck now because Verlander's not on there. No, they're going to win the, the World Series The spirit of 35 again. is missing. What are you talking about? They're going to win the World Series again. They're not. I mean, he was only good in the regular season. Yeah. It's the spirit. It's not always the impact at the moment of impact. It's about the presence being around. That's no. No. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Exactly. Is this supposed to be a Phil Kessel thing? No. He's just around? No. All right, they're going to be fine. I He's around know. until the third quarter or period. Yeah. Gosh, we're mesh- meshing a lot of sports right yeah. now. He's so around much. until the ninth inning. Only on the press box can you get this experience. What a terrible thing. Um, but During the break, you said the best parent to be is a stepfather? I think so. Is it the best parent to be or the best parent to have as a kid? That's a more interesting question because you can definitely get away with more with a step-parent because I, I, I come from a very eclectic family mix. Um, my parents were never married, and I have, like, multiple of everything. And so I was a pretty good kid, though. Like, I wasn't looking to cause trouble because I was on a track. But I, I just think with step-parents, you're kind of – you're the outlet person. You're there when, when support is needed but not necessarily when it's necessary. And so you can kind of have a really unique relationship with the kids. I've had two step stepdads. Yeah. The first Why, one. Hold was on, hold terrible. on. Why is that a question? No, it's not. Okay. You just said I've had two. Like you had to think about no, how many I, you've had. I have a current stepdad okay. who's awesome. And I had a stepdad back when I was a kid and it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Was he not a fan of you? Or Honestly, just... I don't know. I don't remember much because right. I was uh, like nine yeah. or eight. But I, I remember. Would you like I square got, off with him? Did you feel like protective? No, I just got in trouble for dumb things. Nine-year-old yeah. Danny tried to fight him. Uh, now <laughs> that you are an adult, do you ever tell your mother that? Wow, you screwed that one up. Oh. Really blew that one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's implied, though. Based on, I, I feel like the parents know how you feel about them. Like overall, especially if there's somebody that they've brought in that's not biologically like yours. It's yeah. just you can tell. Yeah. You just keep them at an arm's length or a distance. My mother is 0 for 2 in marriages. My father is, I believe, 0 for 3. Uh, my brother is 0 for 2. And there's me, who's not married, my younger sister, who's not married, and my older sister is 1 for 1. Hmm. So what Are is all that? your siblings, do you guys all have the same parents? No. No. My older brother and sister have a different dad, and me and my younger sister have the same dad. Uh, so what, uh, what, what was the math there? Was that one for eight? My family is in marriages at the moment. Yeah. Two, three, two. <laughs> yeah. One for yeah. eight. One for eight. In yeah. None of my step siblings or half siblings are married or have had successful marriages either. Yeah. Technically they're all pending until people die. Okay. 
Well, I was I was saying that that one is pending. <laughs> right, it is yeah. until somebody dies. Right, right. You, you you could get divorced at eighty four or something like that, and yeah. it'd be failed. So yeah, it's always pending until somebody dies. So yeah, mm-hmm. one for eight, and I'm getting married in a year and a half. Marriage just seems Hooray. like a raw deal. Does it? It does, at least for me. I don't know how much you get out of it. Seems like you got to put a lot into it. Maybe maybe you don't get as much out of it. <laughs> just be a step. I don't know. Maybe mom? you can be. Well, no, I just like. <laughs> I don't know. I I just family dynamics in in the last couple of generations are very profound and very interesting to me. And it's just you can tell a lot by who people are and how they turned out based off of how they were raised or just the situation they were raised in. We got tickets to give away. Yeah. Take your family with you regardless of the family dynamics. We got four tickets to the SRS Distributions Las Vegas Bowl, Florida and Oregon State on December 17th. If you want to head out to the Las Vegas Bowl, call now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number seven at 702-364-1100. You will win four tickets to see Florida and Oregon State in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Bucks Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Lindsey Brown filling in today for Ed Graney. Danny running the show. By the way, congratulations to Tyler, not me. Uh, who won tickets to go to the Las Vegas Bowl? Lindsay is convinced. This is a hell of a, a conspiracy <laughs> that involves Daniels and Tyler's, and I don't know if Ed is safe either, but I'm not here to figure that out today. Just wait. Ed will be back tomorrow, and Ed will win some tickets to something. Might have to have a couple of questions <laughs> with Ed Vaud. Um, you know what is uh, devastating for me this morning? Mm. My dog took him to the vet last night. He has the an ulcer, ulcer in his eye. Yep. Um, had to put a cone on him. A cone of shame. And... I put him on our couch downstairs before I left, and we have a little camera that I can see our couch. Oh, sure. He did not lay down until like 8.45, 9 o'clock. I can't stand those pet cameras because I feel so bad for them, for that exactly. Like, he was sitting up the entire time. He didn't feel good enough to relax. Right. Like, I have these cameras to keep an eye on my cat when I'm out of town. I don't plug them in anymore because I just feel so bad just seeing her sitting there all alone. She doesn't know that I'm half a country away <laughs> and that I, when I'm going to be back, she's just waiting for me to walk through that door. I cannot take it. I don't. Well, you can just leave a cat behind with nobody no, to take care of she, it. No, she, she do, feels you do know. I know I'm saying you fit. You actually can't. You can't leave a dog. Correct. At your house. But for it's, three it's days the emotional itself. toll right. and, that I'm talking and see, about. Normally, he's a nine-year-old bulldog. Yep. Normally, he just passes out. Right. Normally, it's like, oh, they're gone. All right, I'm going to jump on the couch and go to sleep, and Mm -hmm. I'll wake up when I hear the garage door open. He finally is. He is laying down now, so I feel at ease about that. But yes, every time I checked this, he was still sitting up. And here's the thing. He does this at night. For some reason, Like he won't go to sleep until we're in bed. Like we're if we're like yeah. brushing our I mean, teeth, it's like a guard dog. Instinct. If we're brushing our teeth, he's gonna he's on the bed, he's sitting up, and we can see him, his eyes like starting to close, and he snaps himself out of it. That's cute. He was doing that on the couch. Aww. Like I could see his like sort of head rocking, and then he sort of jerked back up to an upright position. Oh my god, brutal! But he's now laying down, and I when I'm home, I'm gonna take the cone off because I can prevent him from itching his eye like he's not supposed be to be on alert all damn oh, day he, he lays glued to me on the couch like he's within arm's reach 24 7 
Is Turn it, your own mic on. My dude. goodness. I, I know. I thought I turned it on. That's how my dog is. She does not leave my side. Yeah. She'll she'll sit up in the office while my girlfriend's working. But the moment I sit on the couch and I turn on our Xbox to watch TV, she comes running down the stairs and she lays on the couch. Yeah. yeah, the second I walk through the door, whenever I come home, my cat, she'll lay on the ground and then she'll just like stretch out, like rub my tummy. You haven't been here. Rub my tummy. There's always a greeting. So she and I spoon on the floor. It's great. What's the cat's name? Halsey. Halsey. Mm-hmm. Named after? The singer Halsey. Oh, I was totally thinking hockey player named Hall. Certainly not. Hockey does not dominate my life. (laughs) I got other things to think about.